Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Future Is Now podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Nakamura, and I'm so glad you guys are joining in today. We're going to be talking about um, the Steven Crowder drama, kind of what's behind it, the thoughts from the left and from people that are against Christianity on uh, what this means for uh, Christian men and is this what Christianity represents? And we're just going to kind of go into this whole thing um, together on this news story. It's unfortunate that this happened, but it, it's important to cover it because it's it's important to know how to respond to these things. So um, we're going to look at it holistically and really just take our cues from there. If you haven't yet, make sure that you guys are leaving a review for the podcast wherever you're listening. Make sure you leave a five star review and, and let me know what you love about the podcast. That's the best way that we can get this out there. Um, there's a couple exciting announcements coming up uh, next week and next week's podcast. And so I'm excited to to announce that going forward. It's going to be a great new season for the future is now. Um, We are telling the truth in a world full of lies. And I just want to thank you all for being a part of this journey in this podcast. So um, the best is truly yet to come. I'm, I'm excited for you guys to hear about it. But let's just get into this episode for now of the future is now. Is the biblical role of a male toxic? That's what people are asking now that footage of Steven Crowder has come out talking to his wife in a way that isn't great. Uh, it's actually pretty disgusting. And so there, there's there been a lot of questions revolving around this that we're going to dive into. If you haven't heard, so Steven Crowder is a conservative uh, voice and he had his own show, his own podcast. He's kind of been in the spotlight lately because he stepped away from Blaze TV and, and there was some disputes between Daily Wire and contract negotiations. And so essentially he is a commentator that has gotten extremely famous over the years and has a ton of followers, millions of subscribers. And he's always had his platform based off of being a Christian man, a Christian values, conservative and right now they're in the middle of a pretty nasty divorce, him and his wife. It's been going on apparently since 2021, I believe. And footage has just gotten released of a conversation that Steven and his wife had on their patio. And I think it's like ring footage, but in this conversation, in this argument, it's really putting Steven in a really bad spotlight. And the things that he's saying are are really verbally abusive. I mean, I watched the video myself and it's very manipulative. It's very gaslighting. I mean, just to go over a couple of things that were that they were talking about, it essentially was, a, it seemed like a petty argument about his wife going to the grocery store. And and some of the things that he was just saying was essentially um, childish. And it, it was very... And by the way, his wife is eight months pregnant. So his wife that is pregnant, he's arguing with, with her and saying that she is not doing her wifely duties. And, and that, I guess, included walking the dog and giving the dog medicine. And he was kind of um, getting at her for, for not picking up stuff from the grocery store. And, and she was pretty calm and collected throughout the argument. And she was just trying to deescalate the situation. But um, he was just saying things that were like, be worthy of being a wife and um, some other other thing. And he was like telling her, Hey, watch it. Like watch what you're saying and, and making her walk the dog and saying that he didn't love her. And it just was very, very toxic and emotionally manipulative. And then she tried to go inside and he followed her and this wasn't on the tape, but apparently it was confirmed by Steven Crowder that afterwards that he said that he would quote F her up. So when we're 
thinking about this. This is went viral, obviously, and this video is being watched by pretty much everybody. And this isn't a time, in my opinion, where Christianity is being very is being scrutinized a lot. A lot of people's view and gazes on Christianity as a whole right now in the world. And I think that's just because of the times that we're living in where culture is uh, bashing up so hard against our Christian faith. And so people are going to be looking at us more intently. And of course, this went viral and there's this whole collective of people um, that are not Christians, enemies of Christians, hate Christianity, hate a Christian nation of America. And what they're saying is, see, see, I knew it. Oh yeah, you're a Christian man. This is what Christian men do to their wives. This is the toxic patriarchy. Yeah, this is what happens when your marriage is so just about submission and just about um, damaging things. And this is so toxic, blah, 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 all these things, right? This is what biblical marriage is. Well, we're going to talk about that because that is not true. And we have to understand that in times like this, we we need to have a proper perspective on what's going on and differentiate what's wrong in the world and what the Bible teaches. And now let me just say, Christianity is not a loyal over everything type of uh, religion when it comes person to person. I mean, scripture actually is very about accountability and very about um, holding each other to righteous standards. That's one of the misconceptions of the Bible is that, oh, well, the Bible says that you can't judge. Actually, the Bible says to righteously judge. And so what we have to do is we have to separate, okay, Stephen Crowder, obviously terrible husband, if that's the context of what we're looking at. And that's the, if that's a picture of what their marriage is, even in their worst, even if that's like the worst it gets, which in my opinion, whatever you see and whatever the public sees is generally not as bad as what's seen behind, you know, closed doors and what's not available to the public. But that's just my thought. But if that, even if that's the only thing we see, I, I've never spoken to my wife that way before. I've never been gaslighting or manipulated. I mean, it is very textbook gaslighting, textbook manipulative in what he's doing. So we have to understand, okay, Stephen Crowder, even though he says he's a Christian, uh, guess what? That is not Christian behavior. That's not emulating um, what scripture believes and teaches a husband to be. And so I just kind of want to talk briefly about this in that the world is always pointing at Christians trying to um, trying to invalidate Christianity as a whole. They say, look at that Christian. They're doing this. Therefore, Christianity is incredible. Well, that doesn't, it doesn't really make any sense because we can't judge Christianity, the merit of Christianity by the actions of individuals because the Bible actually teaches that uh, we, we're messed up. I'm a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. I mess up, you mess up. We're all full of sin. We all do things that are stupid. And beyond that, while the majority of us hopefully are trying to be sanctified in Christ and try and live our lives according to who Christ was and grow every day and learn every day and become who God has called us to be, there are going to be hypocrites in the world that preach values and say they're for something and they're actually behind closed doors. They're kind of scumbags. And that's just a reality of humanity. And uh, the Bible actually teaches about that. And it says, beware of these people that say these things, but don't live them. False prophets and, and, and hypocrites. And that's just, I guess, what we're, we're seeing with that, which is really disheartening. And it's disheartening to me, especially because um, Stephen Crowder just says that he's a Christian dude. And he clearly, uh, even if he's in a low place, is not displaying that. And it just brings me back to this idea that I have where men have to step up 
And that's just the, we are living in such a time where men are so soft and they're so hypocritical and they're so flaky and, and they're trying to do things and, and they're saying things and are not doing it. And I'm just talking in the church world in general. Like I just, the, the things I've been hearing of, of men that are supposed to be trusted as leaders and they're not. And it's just so frustrating for me. You know, DL Moody said a quote that is just, it's resonating in my spirit. And I want you guys to hear this and to let it resonate in your spirit as well because it's so powerful. And I think it perfectly captures my feelings. D.L. Moody, he's a, a, a famous evangelist. He said this, if I wanted to find out whether a man was a Christian, I wouldn't go to his minister. I would go and ask his wife. We need more Christian life at home. If a man doesn't treat his wife right, I don't want him. I don't want to hear him talk about Christianity. I love, if a man doesn't treat his wife right, I don't want to hear him talk about Christianity. And, and let me just briefly speak to the men right now that are listening to this podcast. We are, are under a lot of scrutiny. I believe, we are under a lot of pressure, but guess what? God has given us the mantle of leadership. And I'll talk about that in biblical roles in a second, but God has given us the mantle of being leaders, being leaders in our family, being leaders in our marriage, in our house, in our communities, in our jobs. We are called to leadership. And let me tell you, our primary goal, your primary goal in your family is not success, it is leadership. Too many times we focus on being successful and doing things for our family rather than leading our family. And let, let me just challenge you with this. What good is earning a million dollars if your family despises you? What good is earning $10 million and having a ton of money in the bank account if your kids don't even want to spend time with you? What good is having a beach house that you got when your wife doesn't even want to go with you there? Like we have such an emphasis on, oh, I just need to do and I need to go and I need to achieve and I need to produce. And while all those things are true and I'm not dogging on success because success is important in the grand scheme of things, if that's what you're called, if that's what you want and if that's what you want to achieve for your family, I don't think that's a bad uh, objective to have. I'm just saying, make sure your priorities are straight because we have so many men that are just trying to do things. And in reality, it's not for your family, it's for yourself. You may justify it by saying, oh, I want to do all this because it's for my family. I want to take care of my family, my legacy, blah, blah, whatever. But if you're not caring for your wife, if you're not caring for your family, I don't want to hear you talk about Christianity. I love that quote because Christianity is about caring about things, caring for things that God cares about. It's, it's the priority of my life is the same priority that I see in scripture. It's a kingdom priority. So at the end of the day, I don't want to hear you talk about Christianity. I don't want to hear you talk about virtue or character or hardware. I don't want to hear you talk about Christ if your wife isn't good with you. If you like, make sure you are focusing on that. The principle that I live my life by, and you don't have to live your life by this, but I'm just saying like, if my wife needs me, in terms of, oh, she says she says we're not spending enough time together. She says that she needs a vacation. She needs some time. Oh, she needs help. She needs emotional support. If my wife needs me, then I don't care what's going on. My wife needs me. It's not a, okay, yeah, honey, I, yes, okay, I know that you need this, but, you know, I, I need to go record my podcast really fast because, you know, my, my subscribers will get mad if I don't put out a podcast. It, it, no, no, it's a, hey, my podcast can wait. And listen, you might call me, you know, that might be a foolish business model, and it might, but I don't care because God has made this platform for me. He's elevated me. So my only job in what I'm doing is caring about things that God cares about and prioritizing things that God wants me to prioritize. 
So the strategy involved and the infrastructure and, oh, yeah, okay, no, it, it, it can wait. It can wait if my wife needs me. And eventually, well, you know, with my kids, if my kids need me, right? Oh, yeah, I wish I could go speak here in Alabama, but my, my kid actually has um, a really important sports, you know, I don't know, baseball, soccer game, like he, he the championship. Yeah, I'm not going to miss that. That's just going to be my priority. And I, obviously, you you know, you can argue balance of like, well, yeah, you don't have to go to everything. But at the end of the day, like my family, if my family really means the most to me, then do I prove it through my time and my actions and my priority? Do I drop my work and I drop my other things if my, if my family really needs me? So we have too many Christian men that are just like prancing around, ignoring their very, their very first responsibility that God gave them. And I'm talking to husbands and your wife. If you and your wife aren't good, like, and you, and you're not taking the proper steps to make sure that that's happening. And instead you're coping and you're going to golfing and, and you're doing all these things to distract you rather than being at home. Let me just tell you, like, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Your first priority is your household. And it just makes me so irritated when I see, when I see these guys that are like quote unquote Christian men that are neglecting their very first ministry and responsibility that God has given them. I mean, imagine like an eight month pregnant wife, she is carrying your child and you're just being, you're being a child. She's carrying your child and you're acting like a child. And it's just, it's, it's frustrating for me. And, and so let me just, you know, sternly, and, and you may call it aggressively, but let me just encourage and challenge the husbands of this, like prioritize your household. Make sure that your household is good. Make sure your wife is, is led and feeling secure and, and feeling, uh, and you're doing everything you can to steward your household. I'm not saying that there's going to be, th it's all going to be gravy. It's all going to be good. Everything's going to be easy, but I'm saying do what you need to do in order to honor and to lead your wife. Okay. So I don't know. Did I just black out for a second? I don't know. Okay. So um, let's just talk about, you know, going back to the whole biblical roles. A biblical role of marriage. And by the way, I, I kind of covered this a little bit more in other podcasts, which I can link that in the show notes of the description if you want to, if you want to um, access it. But biblical roles is not males uh, demean and they just overpower women and anything a man says is what is true. And no, that's not what the, maybe Steven Crowder has a misconception uh, of what a biblical marriage is because this isn't it. So we have to understand from scripture, there's two different types of camps with uh, gender roles in, in marriage. There's complementarianism, which means that all women are equal to men, but all roles are not the same in, in family, in church, and in wider society. And then there's the egalitarian view where women and men are equal. And then in, in family, in church, and in wider society, all the roles are the same. I am a complementarian and I will say that I'm a soft complementarian because I believe that women can hold uh, uh, roles in church and I think that they can teach on the stage and they can preach. And again, I went through this all. I'm not going to cover that because that would be another like half hour, I feel like. But I, I covered this all in a previous episode of my podcast. It was in the 70s or yeah, 70s, 70 something talking about can women preach. But um, biblical leadership is about serving your wife 
right? Uh, in dying for your wife as Christ died for the church, that's the role of a husband is wives, yeah, submit to husbands, but husbands live a life that's worthy to be submitted to, if that makes sense. You know, like my wife has never been in a, in, in a situation where she's like, oh yeah, no, uh, I don't feel, I don't feel supported by Spencer, but I have to follow him because that's what the Bible says. No, a true biblical marriage is the male leading with the woman being confident in the male's leadership because she knows that where the male is leading her and the family is in the best interest of her and she feels cared for and protected. That's the role of a biblical marriage. So this whole idea of like, oh yeah, see, this is the conservative Christian marriage. This is what it looks like. No, that's not what it, it looks like. That is not what it looks like, okay? And so uh, we uh, we just have to dispel this this hypocrisy in this rumor that, oh, this is what biblical marriage looks like. No, it's not. And another piece of this is people saying, okay, yeah, what a Christian, that's what Christian men are. No, that's not what Christian men are. You can't take an individual character characteristic of a man that says he's a Christian and project that onto God himself. That doesn't make any sense. You judge God by God and you judge God by scripture. You don't judge God by people being dumb. And I'll explain it like this. Um, there, there was a concert I was at before, and uh, if you've ever been at a concert, you know, it's like, oh, you're having a good time, and and you're recording, and oh, your favorite song comes out, so you record it, right? And I was having one of those moments, and I'm like, this song is so good, recording the song, we're singing along, we're having a good time, and, and, and you know, it's just so loud, and and it's playing over the speakers, and it's just, we're vibing, it's a good time. I was with my wife, and and like two days later, I'm going back on the footage and I'm showing my my friend the footage and I'm like, check this out. This is this is the best song ever. And we open it up and and in the video, right? I didn't realize at the time, but I'm like singing as loud as I can. And the video is showing the concert, but like you hear my voice more than you hear the artist's voice. And it completely ruined the video, because you're not hearing the sound how it was intended to be, but you're hearing my bad voice, which is not good. And it's, it never will be good because I don't have a good, I wish I had a good voice, but I don't. And so it, it kind of ruined the film. And, and what's interesting about that is that paints a picture of our lives as Christians. Like that paints the picture of what us are sinful in, in, in um, our wicked ways of that we're trying to get out of, but our flesh that takes over sometimes, that's what our life looks like. Where we're trying to glorify Christ, we're trying to show people, hey, this is the God that loves you. This is how you are to live your life. But at the same time, like we are sinful humans and we're going to mess up. And so if people judge God based off of just the actions of us, it's the same exact thing as my friend judging the artist based off of my bad voice. No, we have to judge it by the source and by the origin and by the creator. Psalm 51, two through four says, thoroughly wash me inside and out. All my crooked deeds cleanse me from my sins for I am fully aware of all I've done wrong and my guilt is there staring at me in the face. It was you, it was against you, only you that I sin for I've done what you say is wrong right before your eyes. So when you speak, you are in the right. When you judge, your judgments are pure and true. It's like, we know that we screw up and we know that we fall short all the time. But we can't allow 
bad representations to be the focus and to be the determining factor of what we think of God. And that's what the world does. They look at Christians that are imperfect and that make mistakes and they project that onto God. Now I will say, I'm not, this isn't a cop out explanation. I'm not making excuses for Christians that are hypocrites because I also believe in sanctification. I also believe that Christians ought to be better than they are and they ought to grow every single day. And we can't be in this victim mindset of, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just sinful. I just, oh, I, I just, I just do wrong all the time, but I'm covered by the grace. No, that's lazy. And that's not what God is calling you to do. He's calling you to be an example to people. And I'm saying you should make less mistakes tomorrow than you make today. That's literally what sanctification is. I've been saved now for 13 years. I sin less now consciously than I did 13 years ago because I am being sanctified in Christ. I don't make jokes that I used to make. I don't say things that I used to say. I don't make actions I used to say. So if I am a better representation today than for Christ than I was 13 years ago. But we have this whole movement that is like, oh, just like focus on the grace of God and your sin. And you know what? People will see that through, through you. No, that's stupid. And that, that's not a great ideology to have because God is calling us to be raised. Now, are we ever going to, to, to hit the mark of the, of the right standard that God has? No, whatever. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need grace. And that's why we need that salvation because we're never going to reach up to that. However, we can grow up in our maturity and do better every day. So stop relying on this, this, this grace covering to, to neglect the fact that you should be sanctified in Christ, that you should be growing. You should be learning more about the Bible. You should be putting to death some fleshly things in your life. Too many of us were in the cycle for, for years of, ah, oh, I messed up and ah, oh, man. Oh, yeah, but grace, okay, cool. And then I do the same exact thing and then grace. And then I do the same exact thing. And then grace, that's not where God wants you to be. He wants you to overcome sin in your life. He doesn't want you to be in the same sin patterns. So I'm not making an excuse, but I'm just saying it's not right for the world to look at Christians that are imperfect and broken and not representing Christ well and say, that's God. That's, that's Christian in his purest form. No. And it's like, I, I get comments all the time on my social media and it's like, every Christian I've talked to does this. Every Christian I've ever seen or, or talked to is a hypocrite, like, you know, but okay. That statement always makes me laugh because it's like, okay, statistically speaking, there's, there's 2.6 billion Christians in the world. Now, do I think that 2.6 billion people actually follow Christ? It, like are actually true Christians? No, I don't. I think people like, were like, oh yeah, I believe in God. And sure. I believe in Jesus. I'm a Christian. So Let's, let's just like conservatively, conservatively say that like 5% of people that say there are Christians are actually Christians. 5%. You know how many 5% of 2.6 billion people is? 130 million. Okay. So, oh, every Christian I've talked to, what is that? Two, five? Like you've talked to what? Seven Christians in your life? Like, oh, okay. Let's, let's go crazy route. Let's go like a hundred. You talk to a hundred Christians. Every Christian that I, I've ever talked to says this and they're not, they're not nice or they're not kind. All right. So you're talking about a hundred out of 130 million. So you think you had a total picture of Christians because of your encounters with them. That's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't make sense to take individual experiences with some Christians, a handful, a dozen, whatever it may be. And allow that to be your perception on what Christianity is as a whole. It's intellectually dishonest and it's a lazy argument. 
And so we like, I don't know why I'm being so passionate about this, but I'm just saying like, number one, you cannot judge Christian marriage, biblical marriage, biblical role of Christianity on Steven Crowder, because as famous as he is, he's obviously not representing Christian values, but at the same time, Christians, we have to step up and understand that there is a biblical mandate to get better. There's a biblical mandate. I want people to look at my life. I want people to look at my life and say, oh, wow, that guy, like, yeah, he represents Christ. That's not, that's not an unrealistic expectation to have for myself. I want people to look at my life and despite my faults, they actually see Christ in me more than they see the world. And that's the biggest thing. I want people to see Christ in me more than they see the world. And I think that's totally manageable. And, and, and this just all goes back to prioritizing what God prioritizes. Listen, I don't want to get to the end of my life and say, God, look at all I achieved. Look at the money I made. Look at the business that I, that I created. Look at the souls that I saved. And God said, yeah, but your, your wife hates you. Yeah, but your, but your wife despises you. Yeah, yeah, no, okay, God, I know, but like, look at how many people were saved. Look at how many people were discipled, like, because of the ministries that I did. And he says, yeah, but your kids never wanted to be, they were always wondering where their dad was, right? It's like, prioritize what God prioritizes. And I promise you, God will honor your work. But we have to prioritize the right things. So um, I hope I hope you were challenged in this. This is a little bit of a... Um, shake, you know, it's a little bit of a shake encouragement. So I hope that, that I wasn't too firm in it, but we have to be called the best believers and we have to believe for what God is believing for our lives. And that requires us to fall in line with prioritizing what he prioritizes. So I'll see you guys next time on The Future Is Now.